Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is August 29th. We are entering the home stretch of the preseason of the 2018 year. NFL is almost here. This is the creeper and sleeper edition of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. I am Michael Nazarak, your host, and welcome to the show, everybody. Make sure you check out our website at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, we've got a lot to talk about, so I'm a little bit uh, rushed here. Uh, with me once again is my good friend and veteran co-host, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very good, Mike. Thanks for having me on again. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, the season is so close. I just had a local draft. I've got another one coming up. Man, we're right in the, in the thick of it right now, and this is the best time of year. Draft days are always the best. Yep, they sure are. Very excitable. Let's get right to the NFL news and notes. Uh, the first one is a trade that happened in the NFL uh, with a quarterback. It was a starting caliber quarterback. Well, maybe he hopes to be soon. It's Teddy Bridgewater. is no longer a New York Jet. He was traded along with a six-round draft pick for a third-round pick, pick from the uh, New Orleans Saints, perhaps setting up a future of uh, Teddy Bridgewater there whenever Drew Brees, who's 39, decides to retire. Uh, right off the top uh, of your head, Chris, uh, do you think that this is a good move? Is it for the future, obviously? And what do you think of Teddy down in uh, New Orleans? I think it's a great move, uh, both for now and for the future. It shows that the Saints are in win-now mode. They weren't satisfied with Tom Savage or Taysom Hill as their, as their backup. Uh, but it also, with the difference in age there, it does give them some hope for the future, at least as a bridge quarterback, uh, if they need to, because Bridgewater is young enough and solid enough. I really like it, and I think it's going to help the Saints players retain their value should something happen to Breeze. Okay. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens down there. Uh, moving on over to Pittsburgh, uh, everyone's waiting. Is Le'Veon Bell going to show? There was a report saying he was going to show by, uh, by Labor Day, and then he went on Twitter and said, fake news, don't believe everything you hear. Uh, should uh, Le'Veon Bell owners or people that are considering drafting Le'Veon Bell be worried? Uh, you know, we're getting out to a drop-dead deadline here for him to show. I believe he, he uh, showed up the, the 1st of September, which is two days from now, last year. What do you think is going to happen, Chris, and should uh, fantasy owners be concerned? I think he'll show up, uh, and, I don't, and I think he'll play week one. I, I do think owners should be concerned, though, because that kind of not, not being in football shape sort of issue does lead itself to soft tissue injuries early on. So I would, not, I would still take maybe David Johnson or Ezekiel Elliott uh, as the other members of the big four running back before Bell in a, in a fantasy draft right now if I had to draft today. But I wouldn't let him go any further than four. I don't think it's big enough issue to make him slip out of that top four position. Okay, and at PPR, are you still believe he's number four? Uh, well, I'm just saying if I, I believe he's number two in a PPR. But I think I could justify taking him 
as late as number four or passing on him for one of those other guys because of the uncertainty. I think it's, it can be mm-hmm. justified. I still believe that Bell points per game is still going to be right up there, but it's enough of a concern that I figure you can always lose a draft in your first round, but you can't win it. And that's the kind of thing that would make him push him back to four, but there's no way he should go any farther than that, no matter what else. Yeah, last year when he reported in uh, September 1st and played nine days later, uh, he, he began a season slow for, for Bell, and that's uh, like a seven points in a, in a PPR system in week one against the Browns, and they're playing them again this year. Uh, anyway, in week two he had 13, and then from that point on it was, I believe, at least 18 every single week moving on. But uh, So, you know, it is what it is. Moving on over to another running back, uh, Adrian Peterson made his debut as a Washington Redskins, and he did impress 11 carries, 50-some-odd yards uh, last preseason game. Of course, I don't believe he's going to play this week uh, uh, because uh, it's the, the dress rehearsals over, and this is the final one. They don't want him to get hurt. Uh, Chris Thompson, finally a good report on him. He looked good in practice. Uh, looks like he's going to be good to go for week one. Uh, fantasy impact here, Chris. Uh, is is Adrian Peterson the lead guy there to have, or is it Chris Thompson? And what about uh, Kelly and and, and Sanjay Perrine? Well, P- Peterson's the lead guy to have, especially if you're in a non-PPR league. But I think even in a, in a non-PPR league, Chris Thompson might be just as good and certainly way better in a PPR. Very encouraging reports about Thompson. I know he's been kind of sketchy, and people have been concerned all through the preseason. The recent reports tell me that Thompson's in good enough shape I think he's going to be ready to go week one, at least at, at enough capacity to be startable in a PPR. I think this also tells me that Rob Kelly and Samaje Pirine must really suck in the eyes of the coaching staff there if they're willing to take uh, an, an old Adrian Peterson off the street and he thoroughly outshines all of them right off the bat. Yep. Well, there was a big injury this past weekend and affected us because we have him in our fantasy draft at, over at FanX. Uh, Jaguars uh, wide receiver Marquise Lee, the number one guy there, took a beautiful pass over the middle, and somebody uh, came in and took him out uh, right there at the knee, helmet to the knee, uh, instant ligament damage. He's gone for the year. He's going to undergo surgery. Uh, now you got Keelan Cole, Dante Moncrief, D.D. Westbrook, D.J. Chark, the rookie, uh, it's it's a mess now, or is it? What do you what do you think, Chris? Uh, which one do you target, and which one do you maybe avoid? Um, I, I, you know, maybe I'm biased because I saw the way he fell apart in his last few years in Indianapolis. But Moncrief still has me concerned, even though he's the most experienced uh, veteran of all those uh, receivers there. The guy that I like to take a little uptick because of uh, because of this injury is Dede Westbrook, I and mean, he's got much more explosive capacity, and I think they really want him to be great. Um, Keelan Cole did really well catching a lot of passes once Lee and all these other guys were out of the lineup at the end of last year. So I think in a PPR, Cole's the guy you want. But the guy that intrigues me the most is probably D.D. Westbrook. Okay. Uh, well, uh, Josh Gordon's still in camp there with uh, with the Browns. He returned a week ago. Uh, they, uh, they asked him, is he going to play week one? Hugh Jackson said he is, but he's not going to start. But he's still going to play. So, uh, real quick, just a fantasy starting question here. If you got Josh Gordon, uh, Chris, uh, you going to start him in week one? I think depending on what else you have, you might as a number three. Um, if you got three other solid ones, you might want to watch and wait and see what happens. But more than likely, you drafted him as a number two, maybe a number three. So, you're probably going to start him anyway. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what to make of this yet. But I, I know when he came off of long suspensions before, he looked pretty good right out the gate, even when he was – we had a limited understanding of the playbook. So I'm thinking in the limited number of plays, he might still be okay as a number three. Okay. 
Uh, one last bit of uh, unfortunate injury news here about Alshon Jeffrey. Adam Schefter of ESPN says he's going to miss at least two games with that shoulder injury uh, coming off the, 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 uh, the surgery. Uh, he's going to try and, uh, and play in week three. Uh, it's kind of a mess now, the, the, the whole situation with the wide route core in Philly. Uh, are you even going to draft Alshon Jeffrey now uh, in, in a draft, Chris? Oh, I draft him. Everyone has value. It's just a question of where. At his current ADP or anything close to it, no, I won't be drafting him there. But I think he's still going to be decent, especially in non-PPR leagues going forward. But I think you've got to be a little bit cautious and just consider where you would be willing to draft him. And I'm thinking maybe as a number four with some upside down the road, especially, again, in non-PPR leagues. Okay, let's wrap up the NFL injuries here. Uh, Andrew Luck, uh, of course, with a foot injury, a minor injury. Uh, they're, they're being very cautious in Indianapolis. Uh, they sat him on Tuesday, but uh, head coaches, everybody's saying they expect him to play week one, so it's good to go there. Carson Wentz is a different story in Philadelphia. They've got injuries, of course, with Alshon Jeffrey there. Uh, looks like he's uncertain to play, so we'll see what happens next week. Uh, uh, Doug Peterson's being tight-lipped about the whole situation, so if you've got Carson Wentz, uh, you you better uh, think about uh, making sure that you have a, a solid backup uh, quarterback to start in his place in case he doesn't play in week one. Moving to the running back category, uh, Saquon Barkley with a hamstring. He's still day-to-day with the Giants. They expect him to be ready for week one. We'll see. Jarek McKinnon, um, he's looking healed. Uh, that was the quote from the coaching staff there. Right hand calf stra- strain. It looks like he's going to be good to go week one. Matt Bryden with the shoulder, he's out until week one, but uh, he looking he, looking healed too, so it looks like he's going to be good to back uh, up McKinnon there. Sonny Michel with a knee, uh, he remains limited in practice uh, due to doctor's orders in, in, in uh, New England. Uh, Marlon Mack with a hamstring, he's making good progress over the past two days. It's still uncertain whether he's going to be able to go. You've got Georgian Wilkins, Diham Hines, you've got a whole bunch of people there. Over in uh, Seattle, we got Rashard Penny with a finger. He's going to be ready to play in week one, uh, so that looks good there. Uh, meanwhile, over to the wide receiver over there in uh, Seattle, Doug Baldwin out all the preseason with a sore knee. He says he's going to play in week one. He's about 80, 85 percent. It's something he's going to have to manage the entire season, so if you draft him, just be aware of that. Um, Adam Thielen uh, dinged a foot ankle injury in practice uh, yesterday. Um, there hasn't really been an update on this, but they're still 12 days away from their start of their season, so we'll watch that and report on that next week. We'll follow with the hamstring in Houston is day-to-day. Hopefully they'll, they think he can go uh, in come week one. Devontae Park with a finger, finger injury in uh, Miami. He's still week-to-week uncertain to play in week one because he can't catch the football yet. Uh, be worried, very worried if I own Devarte Parker there. He might not be much of use in the early part of the season in September. Rashawn Matthews got good news with a knee. Uh, he actually had a knee, uh, minor knee surgery in Tennessee. He came off the pup. He's activated and he is practicing with the team. He wants to step in either as number two or number three there behind Corey Davis. Uh, tight end Evan Ingram with a concussion working on the side during practice on Tuesday. They think he's, he'll be okay next week. We'll see. Delaney Walker with a toe in Tennessee. Very confident he's going to play week one. George Kittle with a shoulder return to limited practice in San Francisco. Looks like he's good to go. And Vance McDonald with a foot is still not practicing in Pittsburgh. I'd be worried, very worried about that. One IDP note, uh, linebacker K.J. Wright uh, has a knee. Uh, knee sc- he had a, the knee scoped. Uh, this is a Seattle linebacker. No timetable on his return to action, so be careful. If you draft him, uh, better draft him as a backup. 
or as a number three, uh, and you start two linebackers, you probably might not be able to use him early in the season. Anyway, we want to uh, remind everybody, please check out uh, myffpc.com. Uh, this is the one uh, and only high-stakes event that I play in every summer, Fantasy Football Players Championship. They've got satellite leagues that start as cheap as $35. You've got 77 you got 150 250 $500, $1,000 satellites. The main event, of course, is drafted right down here in Planet Hollywood, on the Strip in Las Vegas, $1,800 to play. A second team is only 1500 with a chance to win $250,000. I won over 20k myself the last four years in this event. It's really, really exciting, and they pay out promptly. Very good guys. They've been in business 11 years. They're not going away anytime soon. Anyway, I also want to mention to check out, of course, our website, ffmastermind.com, and visit mastermind.com slash quickbits.php for all the latest NFL news as it happens. And, of course, we're still pumping out the free Eye in the Sky scanner reports, including those on the Colts from Chris Rito. Uh, we've updated our master's list, customizable cheat sheet, our MCP board, and executive draft master just today with a 12 more changes, uh, player changes due to the Alshon Jeffrey injury, Chris Thompson's report, Carson Wentz, I mean a whole bunch of different things. There's going to be another update in two days another update after after that for another day, day or two uh as long as there's a major injury or a major change or a tra- player tra- a trade or development we will update these sheets all the way up to uh, thursday night of the first game of the season of course our uh version six of our draft guide is out 595 pages 27 articles in it uh the price is 1895 you want to try us out Seminal articles have been released, including uh, players in a contract year, especially from John Cooney. It's going to be released later today. Our premium summer rates for Pro Bowl packages $47.95. That's everything except the drafting software. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and our Super Bowl package is $57.95. That's everything. Anyway, you can also follow me on Twitter, at FFMastermind. Let's get right to the sleepers and creepers. Chris, we're going to, what we're going to do is going to cover quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. We're each going to give two sleepers and two creepers. So let's start with the quarterback position right now with your first two sleepers of the program. Who do you like and why? Well, the, first, the first guy that comes to mind is Mitch Trubisky. He's got a great favorable schedule, four new toys, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, <laughs> Trey Burton, and rookie Anthony Miller, a quantum leap improvement in his weapons. And if there's a healthy Kevin White that lives up to anything like his lottery pick potential, this offense could be electric. Uh, he's a great late backup with matchup-based QB1 potential on some weeks. High upside, very low cost. And the guy that I've just been on all, all offseason is Tyrod Taylor. Um, he was a, a startlingly good 11th overall in fancy points per game his three seasons as a starter in Buffalo, tossing 51 touchdowns and only 14 picks. So I, I don't understand why people are down on him. I mean, he's consistently projected by most pundits at about 3,200 yards passing and 400 yards rushing four touchdowns on the ground, which makes him a solid mid-range number two, but he's being drafted as a last-round flyer, if at all. I mean, Gordon and Landry and Njoku and Duke Johnson are all being drafted as PPR starters. Who do they think throwing the ball to him? Yep. Uh, those are not two nice picks. I'm going to be a little bit more uh, well-known sleepers in my group, uh, and it's interesting. I'm going to talk quite, uh, a little bit about why they are. Uh, well, when the season started, everyone was like, okay, well, Jimmy Garoppolo had a big game, a big stretch of games at the end of last year, and Patrick Mahomes is now the new quarterback for the Chiefs, and a stamp sleeper, stamp sleeper. And then the drafting started, and people started picking these guys really early. The first draft that I was in, I think, I saw Mahomes go before guys like Luck and Breeze, and I was like, what, in like round four? 
uh, that's not sleeper status. Uh, the guy is still a sleeper, but you, you're not drafting him accordingly. And Garoppolo is going high, too, in round five and six. And then things kind of shifted a little bit. And here in the last two or three or four weeks before this past week of play, uh, these guys were being drafted more normally in around the 8, 9, 10, 11 area, especially Mahomes because he hadn't done anything, kind of struggled at all. Then came the long pass to Tyreek Hill. So, of course, he's climbing back up the charts a little bit. And Garoppolo's kind of been up and down all over the charts. But in my, in my term, sleeper means guys that have yet to really produced consistently over the long haul of, a, of at least a full season of play uh, but have the potential to outdo what people think that they maybe should do. So, you know, these guys are not guys that I've actually targeted per se because they're going a little bit earlier than what I like, but I'm still labeling them a sleeper because I still like them. And if they slide to me and I don't see a breeze out there anymore, I don't see a Stafford or whatnot, uh, then I'm gonna, I won't have a problem drafting either Jimmy Garoppolo or Patrick Mahomes because the talent around these guys is really, uh, really, really superb. And, Tyreek Hill is just killing it with the Chiefs right now, and you know that's that's going to be Patrick Mahomes' number one guy. So uh, yeah, I think them uh, those two alone uh, can make a, a big impact for fantasy owners across the board. Anyway, um, I'm also going to uh, go right into my two creepers at quarterback, Ryan Tannehill and Jameis Winston. Uh, Ryan Tannehill just has not has been shown consistent enough to produce for fantasy owners over the length of a, a long season. Of course, he's coming off a, 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 he had a partially torn ACL, then he tore it all. He's gone, he hasn't played in a year. They lost uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, they traded him away. Devontae Parker's hurt. Uh, Kenny Stills is still a bite spot, but now they've got no tight end. Well, they got a rookie in uh, Jacecki. But uh, Tannehill is just too inconsistent for my look, for my uh, standards. And even as a, a bad fantasy backup, I want no part of him. Jameis Winston, he's got all the talent in the world, but he is inconsistent. Of course, he's suspended for the first three games. going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick there. I'm still concerned about um, Winston off the field. Uh, I I think that he's still got a lot of way to go to prove to both the team and the community around there that he is a good guy after what he did uh, to the Uber driver. And really, in my opinion, I'm just staying away. I don't want any part of any kind of – uh, things like that. Uh, if one more sniff of bad trouble, and he's gone from the league for good. So that's uh, that's the reason why I'm not touching him at all. Anyway, give me a couple of creepers, a quarterback that you're uh, staying away from, and why, Chris? Well, one of the guys you mentioned as your sleeper is Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, uh, and one of the reasons is that he's he's been nothing more than a really a game manager so far. He's had seven mediocre career starts, and people are drafting him like you mentioned as a low one or or at best a, a high two for their team and. I just can't see him being more like an efficient quarterback than an effective quarterback, especially from a fantasy perspective. And that's the big thing here. We're talking about fantasy football. Great NFL quarterback, but his stats really aren't that good. During that incredible streak of five games at the end of last year when they went 5-0, and the team won, but he posted less fantasy points than Joe Flacco and Blake Bortles and about the same as the Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch duo in Denver. I mean, think about that for a moment. That's not fantasy worthy. I just want people to temper their expectations from a fantasy perspective, even if he's a great NFL quarterback. And the other guy is another one who fits kind of that same mold as Alex Smith. Again, love the guy as an NFL quarterback and a leader, but he's rarely been a huge fantasy stat producer till last year. And this year he looks like a prime candidate to have the biggest non-injury drop-off from last year's fantasy stats. Switching teams and offenses and personnel, he goes to a team with a serious lack of talent at the skill position as compared to the Chiefs. And, you know, I just look, he's only thrown for 20 touchdowns twice in 13 years, and this doesn't seem like this is a year he's going to go back up to that 25 to 30 touchdown range. I just don't see why people are drafting him as a really high potential guy without any talent around him. Okay. Uh, We're going to take a break here, and we'll be right back after this message. 
You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim redrafter, dynasty, keeper, auction, salary cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, let's hit the running backs from the sleeper category. Uh, Chris, who are two guys that you like and are possibly targeting in your draft? Well, you know, all preseason I've been touting Chris Carson and Peyton Barber, so I'll pat myself on the back because everyone else calls them down. So I won't, I won't talk about them right now. But I'm going to give you two <laughs> other names. One is Gio Bernard. Uh, every year he's drafted outside the top 50 running backs, and every year he significantly outperforms that. I mean, the, the, the new Bill Lazor offense in Cincinnati is a lot more wide open, and they still don't have an offensive line. So I don't see Mixon having the success as the bell cow back that a lot of people are projecting for him. But even in the absence of a Mixon injury or, or falling off, I mean, Bernard can be a viable weekly flex in PPRs no matter what. I mean, and the other thing to look at is he averaged over 17 points per game in PPRs those last five weeks of last year when, when Mixon got dinged. So he's good every week, and he, he could be really good, especially for this team that could trail a lot if, uh, if Mixon gets hurt. And then another guy I'm going to give you, this is a real deep sleeper here, is Robert Turbin. Everyone knows he's sitting out the four-game suspension to start the year, so you don't need to draft him, and you, but just keep an eye out for him because – uh, he's the most complete and experienced running back on the Colts roster. He's played the best in the preseason, and he's the only one that's really fully healthy. I would absolutely not be surprised if he walked into a lead role in this RBBC when he gets back in week five. That dink and dunk offense could make him a solid pass catcher as well uh, for a team that desperately needs a real backfield presence. If you want a safer deep option here, Jordan Wilkins is the guy that's likely to be the one with Marlon Mack still a little bit gimpy, but I've just got a sneaky feeling that Robert Turbin could do some teams some good later in the year. I think I agree with you there. Okay, a couple of guys that I like at the running back uh, position. Of course, uh, these two are well-known. Uh, Kenyon Drake uh, had a little bit of concern, even though I drafted him very, very early in July in a couple of drafts. Uh, but everything's put aside now because he's really like the only playmaker right now on the entire uh, offense of the uh, Miami Dolphins. Had a really nice 30-plus yard run and catch two different plays uh, in last week's game. They got him quickly out of the game. Frank Gore could steal some t- touchdowns from him in the red zone, but I think that uh, Kenyon Drake's going to make some hay, put up a lot of yardage, catch a lot of passes, and uh, have some longer 20-plus yard touchdown runs. So uh, don't be afraid to, to grab him, especially as a three. And it, it, I wouldn't even be worried as a two if you go wide receivers or tight ends early on that. And Chris Carson, like you say, uh, what's not to like here? I mean, he's, he's proven himself throughout the entire preseason. He's healthy. Rashard Penny is kind of blown up on the sidelines, uh, literally, in terms of weight uh, while he's trying to, to work through his injury. Uh, he should be okay and go, but I think Chris Carson carries the workload on this, and if he holds on to that job the first couple of weeks, I think he's probably going to end up holding on to it most of the season, even though Penny's going to play. You're probably going to see a 
40 or 70-30 split between the two. Uh, Chris Carson's uh, one of my favorite sleepers there. And Creepers at the running back, Marshawn Lynch, I know the ageless one, he will have some big plays here or there, but he's going to share a lot of touches in, in Oakland. Um, it's just a lot of wear and tear on that body. I'm just not uh, not not convinced that he can carry the load the entire season there. And Ty Montgomery, some people are still drafting him as number one there. Jamal Williams being hyped by Mike McCarthy as the uh, new starter there. Aaron Jones suspended the first couple of games, but he's going to come back and, and get into that. And Ty Montgomery now is really basically the third down back, and he gets dinged very easily um, when he takes hits there. So I'd be one uh, to avoid him. Uh, give me a couple of creepers at running back, Chris, that you're not crazy about and why. Uh, Ronald Jones is consistently being drafted ahead of Peyton Barber, and I simply can't see why. He's looked stunningly bad as a runner and a pass protector in the preseason, and I see no reason to have him being a solid fantasy contributor this year. Still being drafted as an RB number three, I, I just don't get it. I'd bet that Barber holds that lead role there much longer than a lot of people expect, and without an injury to Barber, I don't see Jones having a significant fantasy impact this season. Um, I also don't see the Bucks being anything but a pass-heavy team again this year after finishing 27th and rushing last year. So Jones is just way overpriced for anything I can see. And then I'm a little worried about LaShawn McCoy. I know a lot of people are going to think that it has to do with his potential legal issues and stuff like that. It has nothing to do with that for me. Um, I don't think that will happen until next season, basically. My bigger concern is that the Bills lost their starting quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, in a trade, and three starting offensive linemen, including a, 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 a Pro Bowl caliber guy in Richie Incognito and Cordy Glenn. So I, their receiving threats are pedestrian. This offense is just primed to take a nosedive this year. And as the prime provider of offense in Buffalo, McCoy could take a big hit as well. He's also hitting that magical RB wall of 30, and he's got a heavy workload on his career. I mean, there's just a lot of red flags for McCoy here. Okay, a couple of uh, sleepers at uh, wide receiver that you like in Y, Chris. Uh, speaking of Buffalo, I do like Kelvin Benjamin a little bit, though. He's, he's being rated as a wide receiver number five in most ADP listings, but he's healthy, he's motivated, he's playing for a team, like I mentioned, that's going to really struggle, so they're going to throw a lot while trailing. He's looking like a high-volume guy in the early preseason work, and they don't really have a lot, of, a lot of options in the passing game. So it's very possible he could be an every-week fantasy starter as a wide receiver number three at a 12th-round price. So I think he's quite a value that people are going to appreciate. And then a guy that's, that's a little bit more of a true sleeper is Michael Gallup. I'm, I'm liking this kid more and more, mostly for his opportunity. Uh, the rest of the Dallas receiving crew is questionable and injured, so I think he's had a chance to really bond with Prescott, and he's, he'll be able to shine early and often. Um, I suspect his situation is going to allow him to be one of the few rookie ride receivers that is actually fantasy useful. Generally going in the 14th round as a wide receiver five or six should significantly outperform that draft cost. Yep. Okay, a couple of guys that I like at the sleepers uh, at wide receiver, Will Fuller and Kenny Stills. Uh, of course, uh, we mentioned, I mentioned Tannehill, don't like him, but he's serviceable and he usually does find Kenny Stills at least every other game or so, and now he's going to be the number one wide receiver, so he might be more consistent in this. He's going to catch passes. He can score the long one. He can do basically almost at all, and the fact is that you can get him as a number four or even a number five wide receiver. People are kind of overlooking him. <clears throat> Will Fuller in Houston is the number two there. He had a fantastic four-game stretch there with uh, Deshaun Watson healthy. I wouldn't expect those types of numbers uh, the entire season. However, it's shown that they do have a good connection there and some chemistry working there. So if they're both healthy and they are looking pretty good right now, I know that, uh, that, that Will Fuller is struggling through a, uh, a hamstring injury right now, but they expect him to be ready for week one. And even if he's less than 100% there, uh, you know, a lot of people have him as the number four, number five on their team, might not even start him immediately. But I think that he will produce nicely for everyone 
anyone that takes a chance on him in their draft. A uh, couple of creepers at the wide receiver position. Uh, Kenny Stills running mate, Devontae Parker. Uh, finger injury, can't catch the ball. Inconsistent, poor route runner. No, no much, not much chemistry with Tannehill. I mean, there, I could, the list could go on and on. And the other guy is Cameron Meredith down in New Orleans, which is an interesting case. He's coming off that serious knee injury. He's actually going to play in the in the final preseason game. He might be the only starter in the entire league almost at wide receiver that's going to be playing this week in this game. They said that to shake the rust off, that might be true. But I'm telling you, if he, he struggles in this game, he doesn't do much. I can see the Turk coming after Mr. Cameron and Meredith. And why? Because Traquan Smith, the rookie, is doing everything right in camp as well as in the preseason and that's another name I'm going to throw out as a sleeper very late, and, and we just uh, highlighted him for our subscribers last week uh, in, the, in, the, in the Sleeper Creeper uh, section uh, update that I did. Um, Cameron Meredith not taking him. Traquan Smith targeting him at the end of your draft. Uh, what about a couple of guys you're not crazy about and why, Chris, at wide receiver? Well, one we just mentioned earlier, Alshon Jeffrey, he was on my creeper list even before the injury this preseason. And with the injury bug always being his personal bugaboo, this is a little disconcerting to me. Then again, so it's his actual lack of production as well. In a potent offense, he only had three games over 70 yards last year and none of them after week nine. And he also had the fewest receptions of any wide receiver in the top 30 in scoring. So if he can't manage to find the end zone, his fantasy scoring will be very sketchy and underwhelming. So I, I don't like him, again, unless you can get him as a four maybe later. Another one is Corey Davis. Um, not that I don't like the kid. I just wonder what he's done to merit being drafted as a wide receiver number two. I mean, he missed half his rookie year. He's been hurt again the preseason. Um, I, I don't think the new offense vaults into the range of being pass-happy by any stretch. So I don't know of anyone projecting him over about 950 yards and six touchdowns, yet he's being drafted as a low-end wide receiver number two, according to ADP, and I just don't see why. I mean, he's got some value, but nowhere near what it would take to get him. I think he's going to underperform from what people expect. Okay, people, you guys listening live right now, it's going to cut out in about a minute, but we're going to keep recording so you can check out the website and click on Blog Talk Radio, do a search for uh, Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, and as well as go to our homepage, ffmastermind.com, click the little player down there, and you can zoom right to the last five minutes of the show after the 30-minute mark to listen to the rest. So in the meantime, Chris, tell me about a couple of sleepers at tight end that you like and why. One I've been on all year and I really like is Eric Ebron. I mean, he's had nearly identical stats to Jason Witten and, uh, and Hunter Henry last year, and yet he was criticized. He's finished in the top 12 three straight years at tight end when he wasn't the first option. That's a starter by my book. You know, going to Indianapolis is going to really help. The offense is going to feature him more. It's dependent on the mismatches he can create, and they're game planning around him. I mean, everyone's loving Jack Doyle in drafts, but uh, I'd be willing to bet – that, that Ebron outscores Doyle in fantasy this year, maybe even in PPR. And I know that probably makes Doyle a little bit of a creeper as well, but I, I just really like Eric Ebron's uh, potential to, to have his best season so far as a pro. And uh, another one I'll mention is Ricky Seals-Jones. It's much more of a sleeper. He's a, on a wide receiver-starved team. He's a huge converted wide receiver. Had 17 yards of catch last year, which is pretty amazing for anyone, let alone a tight end. And the big thing is offensive coordinator Mike McCoy historically loves the tight end. He's created fantasy stars at the position, and he said he wants to design more plays for, for RSJ. So if Bradford holds that job, he really likes to work the middle of the field too, which is, which is Seals-Jones kind of bread and butter. So here's a guy you can draft in the last rounds and get a potential low-end starter or at least a very solid matchup base number two tight end for, for no cost at all. Okay, uh, like a couple of guys you draft in the middle of your draft, if say you don't get a Delaney Walker or or even a Jordan Reed, uh, David Njoku has looked fantastic in preseason. I know he had a case of the drops he's in camp and all, but that's kind of gone by the wayside. 
caught a couple of touchdown passes, has been solid in preseason, as I said. They're going to use the heck out of him a lot, uh, especially with Josh Gordon still nursing a, a, a lower body injury there uh, to get him back on the field. Uh, I think that everything short and over the middle is going to go to Njoku's way, and Tyrod Taylor loves throwing to his tight end as he did with Charles Clay last year. So you can get him in the middle of the round if you missed out on the big seven or eight there. And, of course, our favorite mid-to-late-round sleeper, Ben Watson, a really good report from him down in New Orleans, looking like he's 28 again, even though he's – Closer to 38. <laughs> anyway, uh, Drew Brees is going to be throwing to his tight end. That's going to be Ben Watson. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to catch passes. He's going to outproduce what everybody usually thinks a uh, top 10 or 12 guy will do. And that's why I've got him right around number 10 or number 12 on my list. And, uh, you know, I don't have a problem drafting him. We, we, Chris, you and I drafted him along with Tyler Eifert uh, as our tight ends when we waited and waited and waited in the fan draft, and I'm comfortable with that. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about and that I'm not touching, basically, Jerry Cook in uh, Oakland. They just don't throw enough to their tight ends. He's also so inconsistent. One week he'll catch five or six passes for 100 yards and a score, and the next week one for 15. Who needs that on their team? Charles Clay I loved when he was playing with Tyrod Taylor there in Buffalo. Now he's got Nathan Peterman, uh, Josh Allen, uh, A.J. McCarron. That's a big mess. Also, uh, like you say, there's a lack of offensive line. That means – Poor offensive line blocking for passing. Uh, and then, of course, Charles uh, has got those knees. So he's always missing practices and such. He's, you know, he's on the downside of his career, obviously. So I'm just staying away from him. Give me a couple of creepers on your end uh, at tight end, Chris. Uh, I think Evan Engram of your Giants is being vastly overrated. And I'm not even so sure he'd be a top 10 guy if it wasn't for the uh... – for the shallow tight end position after the first five or six. So, I mean, his volume is just bound to go down. It's just unsustainable with uh, OBJ and Shepard back on the field, plus the addition of Barkley having a, a role in the passing game. So I just can't see him getting enough action to make anything close to his ADP, like the, as a tight end, you know, five or six overall and, and the fifth round being worthwhile. It's just, just not cutting it for me. And the guy that I don't get is Jordan Reed. I mean, everyone refuses to draft Tyler Eifert despite his incredible scoring prowess because of the instant constant injuries. And so why is Jordan Reed still being drafted as a startable fantasy tight end? He's never played 16 games, missed 10 again last year, 28 in total in the last four years, ineffective due to injuries and many of the ones he does play. So I I just don't see with any real offensive threats aside from him in Washington. So he's going to see extra attention on the field. Let someone else take a chance on him because the best ability I seek for my fantasy players is availability. Okay, well, that does it for our Sleeper Creeper preseason preview, fantasy preview uh, for 2018. Thanks for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Michael Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week one of the 2018 NFL regular season, and we will be returning to our regular featured schedule, same bat time, same bat channel, Tuesday night, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. We're really looking forward to it. The games are almost here. Uh, Wow, that's going to be less than – about 48 hours away from week uh, one's kickoff game in Philly where the Falcons are playing the Eagles. We're really excited about it. Goodbye, good night, and good luck to everyone still drafting. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.